Hi, that's my friend Tyler. My name's Sean. Tyler's sitting in in kind of a spinoff episode today while Chris, you may or may not remember, Chris is moving to a new house. And today was closing day for him. So we're going to fill this kind of filler spinoff episode in place of our regular one. And so I've been trying to talk Tyler into come on, coming onto this show because it's hard to find grown adults uh, that I know personally <laughs> that care as much about this show as Chris does. I would say that you care about it more than I do. I think I care about it, but I don't think anybody quite reaches uh, you and Chris's level of, <laughs> of, of, of passion for for this production. And by this production, I mean Avatar, The Last Airbender, and also The Legend of Korra. And for the purposes of today's uh, odd little subject matter, The Dragon Prince. We're going to tie that in today. So first, though, I think the best thing to do would be to let Tyler introduce himself and his background with the shows. I say his background like he's like a scholar or something. <laughs> Just how you came I'm across the shows it. and why they why they appeal to you. Yeah. Um, so thanks for having me, first of all. Um, no, thank you. You're helping me out. Thank you very much. <laughs> I hope I don't ruin what you guys got going here. But um, anyway, so when Avatar The Last Airbender was originally airing, I did not have cable. So I would occasionally catch episodes. And I was deep in my... Um, interest in anime at the time so i was kind of i think i was skeptical of it as this oh this isn't anime this is this is on nickelodeon but it's trying to be anime so i would see episodes from time to time um just the ones that nickelodeon loved to replay some more of those kind of like story of the week um less impactful episodes i think um at least seeing them on their own so that was my experience years later i would come back to it um like post graduating college a friend of mine who's super into the series um during the time when Cora was actually initially airing i think it was probably well i say airing um being posted on uh nickelodeon's website um airing it was very when, loosely yes. yeah i think it was i think it was like mid-season four or i think that's probably what i think it's probably yes, when season four was actually season four and it was probably in the range of 2016 15 or 16 ish. I, I think it, it 15, 15 sounds right. Um, 15, but it's yeah. So my friend came over, that was back in the days when we would like every weekend just binge some show. And, um, he often, uh, <laughs> anyway, he often would use, uh, us watching stuff together as an opportunity for him to rewatch something. So, um, he wanted to rewatch the first season of legend of Korra. So he, brought me in and that's I so I actually watched everything out of order so I have a weird perspective I watched the first season of Legend of Korra and then I went back watched all of ATLA um, and then caught up with Korra in time to watch the finale as it was being you know aired released whatever so that was fun I got the um, I got the quick like run through everything and um I still have the experience of watching it alongside, you know, longtime fans to watch the finale of Korra. Um, and then Dragon Prince, I, it was actually the first season was released right before, uh, right around the time of my wedding. And uh, my wife and I watched the first season of Dragon Prince on the plane ride to our honeymoon slash when we got to our honeymoon. So yeah, we watched. That was yeah, back when we were allowed to go places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was in 20 when well, it was 2018. Um 
And obviously I saw it, it popped up on Netflix, hadn't heard much about it, but I saw that it was um, Aaron E. Has that, I mean, I knew his name from writing some of the biggest episodes of Avatar. So um, anyway, that's my, that's my experience, I guess, with all three series. So we're not, we're not totally different in that experience. I had seen bits and pieces of Avatar. I'm going to say I liked it enough that I had probably seen the whole thing at some point or another but never in true binge fashion throughout college, or maybe it was in binge fashion. I just don't remember it all. (laughs) But then when Legend of Korra came out and I met Chris, the co-host of the show at where we were working, and he was trying to convince people essentially, A, that Avatar was a really great show, regardless of your feelings on whether or not it's traditional anime or even if you didn't (laughs) like animation, and he was trying to convince people Chris is very passionate about that it's just a good show. And mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? I think he's right. And so we watched it and talked about it a lot. And then I caught up to get up to speed on Legend of Korra very quickly. And I probably got to see the finale of season four of Korra on, uh, as it was playing live, quote unquote, a finale, live finale on the yeah. website. So that was on. Yeah. But yeah, so we're at least kind of similar in that regard, other than I probably still had the nostalgia in a different sense, at least, but still the nostalgia built up for, for ATLA first. Um, I do want to note, I guess you can't see it and I should have mentioned, I do have here that you also have a podcast. It's a fresh podcast. It's a, it's a bun that's still in the oven. It's still good and doughy and it's called the real keel podcast. So I shared a part, a snippet of your YouTube page here uh, because I wanted to show that your podcast deserves more subscribers. So if you're in, (laughs) If you and Tyler, you can correct me with your own elevator speech if you'd like. But my short, my short form is that if you're into kind of the, uh, I, what what's the like long long form discussion and real talk, yeah. I think you should go check out the Real Kill podcast on YouTube. Uh, they've been doing it probably a month and a half now, give or take. Something that like that. Yeah, it's we've been inconsistent. That's what I'll say. Is we've got a. We got three long episodes out there, but we've been inconsistent with actually posting it. So it's we're, harder we're... than I would have ever thought to try to maintain a weekly. When I when I started doing this, I I don't gosh even saying that out loud, I'm like Sean, you sound like a douchebag. Um, <laughs> no, even when I started doing anything at all, it was really just hey, I moved away from Chris, and that was my nerd friend. And I want reasons to talk about this show and we do other things together. We play Yu-Gi-Oh! and Smash Brothers and like that's that's my nerd friend. Uh it, it, and easily the person that I want to spend my nerdy spare time with. He's my he's my best nerd friend and I was killing me. And so we're like, all right, well we just let's do a podcast and it'll just be us talking uh for a week. For a week. What am I talking for a few minutes every week? And that should be easy to be like scheduling a phone call it's so much harder than it sounds to fit that in at a consistent schedule every week. It doesn't seem like it should be, but it is. That's what, that's where we've hit a wall with ours. We had all these good ideas and we're trying to make it a bit of a, like a positivity podcast, or at least something that has like a starts with a loose topic and it has a message at the end. And it's, it's been difficult. So I know now you're maintaining two weekly podcasts, so I can't imagine to (laughs) try to keep up with that. So, I'm going to say that the additional work has been minimal because I already have like, like the setup prepared and I have, again, I don't want to make it sound like I know what I'm doing because I don't, but I was easier to translate what I was already doing into a second podcast than to say reinvent a second podcast. So 
whatever tactics for better or worse <laughs> that I was already doing for last podcasters and rolling into Pokemalarkey was like a less less work. It wasn't a hundred percent addition. So um anyway, I, I'm glad I'm glad that you guys are working through the podcast and you like take your lumps early on. But uh it's funny that it's like really hard to find that time sometimes even when you're living in the same yeah. house. It's still find to find the time to like dedicate the energy and attention to it that it yeah. deserves. But if you're into that idea again, it's long form I think you call it a positivity podcast. It's better than what I said. Long form positivity uh, discussion go check out the real keel on yeah. youtube and google play and itunes and spotify and stitcher you guys on stitcher uh it's whatever anchor does we anchor, use anchor, anchor does whatever they them, so. default distribute to <laughs> i'm gonna say i'm gonna say most of those things i do mine on spotify personally yeah. so go check that out so that's the that's the meat tyler piece um tyler i might have cut you off is there anything else you'd like to add in context of what uh, your formative opinions on the show or formative experiences, I guess for no, I, on the show. Um, I, I guess I'll say that um, I think this will come out in the discussion, but my, my opinions on which show I like more personally continues to evolve over time. And I think that um, I think with ATLA and, Legend of Korra in particular can be very polarizing, at least in my experience. And that's where I say, that's where I think it's important to highlight that I came from a not having that nostalgia aspect and actually watching things completely out of order. And um, it's more like, okay, what was my mindset at the time I was watching initially and then during rewatches? So I guess I'll also say that uh, my wife and I just finished a rewatch of both um, Avatar and Legend of Korra probably in like August. So like a few months ago. Um, and then honestly, we rewatch Dragon Prince probably once every two months, just because it's easy to have on in the background. So. It's like a, an easy to palette three or see three seasons worth of experience yeah. in the background of anything that you're doing in your life. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, well, so the best part about that is that we don't have to answer that question. I, we, I tried to do like clickbait title, clickbait <laughs> topic, but without after actually having to answer like which one's best question. And so I framed it with this context that's somewhat true and somewhat em embellished for the sake of conversation. So we have we have Netflix and my wife uh, is probably very typical in what she watches for the normal humans our age. I'm going to say the slightly less nerdy humans our age uh, but she is familiar with the last airbender and has maybe watched bits and pieces and she's not opposed to it she doesn't have any other sort of affiliation or preference for for anime whatsoever uh animation in general i mean we watch disney movies like the next people do in that kind of animated films and whatnot but if i were going to go to her today the question that i want to answer uh, that I want you to answer and make this podcast hopefully the right amount of interesting that people don't put thumbs downs on Chris's channel. Because unlike us, Chris's YouTube channel like actually has some following and I don't want to destroy it while he's not here. So the right amount of interest uh, in, in the topic, but without taking it super duper seriously. Which of the three shows would I recommend or should I recommend to my wife? Should I tell her, hey, I want you to sit down and watch this and enjoy it with me is it the legend of korra is it avatar the last airbender 
Is it the Dragon Prince? And I need everybody to know that you did not answer this beforehand. And I have no intentions other than to just let you ramble and talk after you. And then come to some kind of answer at the end. And then I'll go make my pitch to my wife out there and I'll see how that goes. So I'm going to start with Avatar The Last Airbender. Just maybe five minutes-ish worth of pros and cons about recommending this to a loved one. And then we'll go to Legend of Korra and the Dragon Prince. Okay. Um, Sounds good. And I will uh, just go ahead and say, take anything I say with a grain of salt or sand or whatever your preference, because um, I don't want (laughs) to deface Chris's (laughs) channel at all. He's worked so hard. He has almost 6,000 followers. He like actually gets some, like some income, not from our podcast whatsoever, Mm -hmm. because we don't monetize that. But like his channel is like a channel. And so now he's not here. And so I was like, well, we can't do anything too spicy, you know, I don't yeah, want that's I've been I've been going through in the past couple of days. I've been like just doing like a like a run through of several of his videos, just trying to get an idea for his his vibe and stuff. But um, his vibe is like uh, I'm going to say it's like Neil, but more appropriate. That's, yeah. Yeah. That's my easy Chris elevator speech, yeah. if you will. Makes sense. So I and I've definitely seen his passion for all three. Like I've seen I watched. um several of his dragon prince videos so anyway um so start with atla and i think just right off the bat um and i'm stealing this a little bit from my friend michael who uh, got me to watch uh the got me started on the franchise in the first place um so i'm paraphrasing him a little bit in saying that it's a game changer perfect scenario once in a life once in a generation type show in the fact that it was able to happen the fact that a show like avatar um first of all got greenlit and the fact that it went all the way through what uh brian and mike had planned um on nickelodeon at a time when their top shows were probably spongebob and fairly odd parents and you have maybe some rocket power and some (laughs) wild thornberries yeah so it's just um it's crazy that it was even able to exist in the first place and then this scope that they had and what they planned out and i mean um i think it's it's a typical trope in fantasy to have the use of element some sort of element based magic but this just nuanced approach of okay we're going to take four martial arts styles and we're going to use that as a way to um demonstrate how this these element based powers work and that's just cool and coming up with the term bending like just just the fact so it gets it gets a it gets a like plus I don't know hundred points just for the fact of how did this even happen? How did this come together? How were they able to pull off this thing that's so heavily anime influenced? Yeah, a time when that was popular, but nobody else was really doing that kind of thing. I mean, I guess uh, Cartoon Network had like the original Teen Titans and that kind of kind of played off the the anime hype train that was happening then in the in the 2000s. That was but... a little after though, wasn't it? Still, a little after this, I don't um... know my Nickelodeon history quite well enough because uh, you know, like you, I didn't have didn't have cable. Yeah, but... I think it would have been so. I and that goes back to you. I 
I started watching anime because I did have cable at the time when anime was um, on the Toonami block, the the best of the Toonami block on Cartoon Network. So that was mm-hmm. like uh, 99 through like, oh, four, maybe. And then that was around the time I didn't have cable anymore. And so that and I don't remember I don't remember what year ATLA actually started. I'm sure you probably do or have uh, no not off the top i know i should but not off the top of my head uh, uh, something like it's either 2002 or 2005 maybe it started in two and ended in five okay that yeah does that, that sound accurate that sounds probably that uh, sounds probably right yeah i like what uh, you have said essentially about so in in the nickelodeon scope we know things other things happen in other places but in the nickelodeon yeah. slate the channel that took it and and handled it and made it good uh or that that made it big i get not not good made it big it was serial in a time where the other cartoons were not scratching that whatsoever. It was mm-hmm. kind of an anime style at a time where other cartoons were still this sort of playful uh, Saturday morning cartoon um, vibes. Nothing wrong with that. I love that. It's not what I'm trying yeah. to say. And it was even in the sense that it was high fantasy. It was like a, I'm going to try to call it a, a grounded high fantasy in a way. Yeah. Like it wasn't just, uh, larger than life kind of inexplicable things i think you got said nuanced was the right word it, it kind of a, yeah. a grounded nuanced approach to a high fantasy in a time where a there wasn't much high fantasy stuff on tv to begin with um that wasn't really in in the mainstream at the time and b if you found high fantasy that wasn't it it was either going to be like crazy sci-fi Final Fantasy X was probably huge at that time, kind of high fantasy, mm-hmm. or or the the total opposite um, medieval high fantasy. Like there was nothing that matched this in that way, especially in the Nickelodeon slate. Yeah, yeah, and it's it, I think kind of uh, yeah, we're saying things that I was saying too, but it, the fact that it's a hard magic system also is just there's there's just weight in that there's there's rules and they establish rules and you have this expectation and it's this um it's a show targeted for kids technically but they expect you to have a much a, a better a better respect for it and they you know they're to go on other topics there's there's a lot of kid oriented humor and there's a lot of stuff they totally slaps you over the head with a message. And I think um, you still take it. You just, yeah. yeah. And that's what I I guess it's again, in that whole, like the fact that they were able to do some of the things that they were able to do (laughs) and, and pull it off. Cause I know, I know they had restrictions. I know it had to be kid focused. I know it was one of those, it was one of those shows where, um, they had a count for how many times they could say kill or die or something like that. And they had to, you know, you have a plot that starts with a genocide <laughs> and like, which not spoiling anything, trying to keep spoilers out of this since we're trying to do a recommendation of it. But I'm like, that's, that's the intro, you know, you have, you know, these things. That's, a, that's episode three material. There's no spoilers. Oh, it's episode there. three material. Okay. Yeah. I thought it was, I thought it was. Right, that's the third episode of the series. You get the genocide aspect. Probably that sounds mm-hmm. that sounds right. Um, but so, that's what. Sorry, go ahead. Well, that's gonna. Gosh, damn it! Now what was like? <laughs> <laughs> shit. Um, I oh you you mentioned rules and structure, and you have to be careful uh, not you specifically, but to the general audience. If you go say that to 
to you know anime fans or whatever i think the one they're always going to come back with is like well like full metal alchemist has you know like the rules and structures like okay this is uh that's great and I, I i like fma just fine uh but this is like a different there's still like a bigger like a larger than life mysticism undiscovered whatever yeah. out there that you don't have to even try to wrap your mind around here like it's it's kind of just on the surface it's still kid palatable it's a it's a magic ability whatever you want to call it but it's still yeah. like kid palatable structure but fortunately for me i think that works beautifully it's refreshing if yeah. anything in the grand scheme of animation i think that's i i think that's part of what makes it great is it it toes the line perfectly the fact that we're talking about it right now the fact that you guys have this podcast where which is one of my other points of how well it's aged mm-hmm. because going back and rewatch, like I said, a couple months ago, finishing a rewatch of it. Um, the animation, just the animation alone has aged far better than I expected it to, which is a, it's one of those things that you get from good hand drawn on hand drawn animation. It ages well. <laughs> it I just, do, I do have to push this on a little bit because I at least want to touch. I know we could gush about it all day. But I at least want to touch on some cons. And again, it's not necessarily cons yeah, of the show yeah. so much as if, hey, Sean's going to recommend this to his wife. Got to keep it framed so we minimize the outrage that we cause. Uh, but we at least need to touch on cons of if I were to go recommend this to my wife, what what are the disclaimers that I'd have to put on it? What um, I have to tell her? The fact that it, it does still have those more kid elements. It is of the three. It's the longest. So it's the most... If you're looking for a casual watch, it's the most daunting to actually get through all three seasons. It comes in at 61 episodes. Um, there's a lot more. There's a lot more filler episodes, especially on a first watch. There's a lot of stuff that, again, on a second watch, you'll go through and you'll see that some of those some of those things that definitely play as filler episodes in the first time do actually have significance and are important. But first time through, and I highlight that because, again, when I was watching on when I would see episodes on Nickelodeon. Um, and I, I wasn't super involved with it or whatever. It was always those filler episodes. It was always those ones where it's like, ah, this doesn't have to be here. It's good, but it doesn't, it doesn't have to be here. And it's definitely more story of the week oriented. Um, I think that's a great point that there's still obvious enough, like sort of kid centric stylings and things that, that could pick at your brain as a first time watcher. Um, I feel really bad. Chris texted me like 10 minutes ago. Cause he wanted me to ask you what your element would be. That was supposed to be part of my introduction. I feel terrible. Chris, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to ignore you. Tyler, what would your element be? Can you, can you give me a quick answer? You know what? Think about it. And then okay. it'll be the intermission between the pros and cons and the answer. Think about your element okay. uh, while you're also leading a podcast, just multitask a little bit. Don't worry about it. <laughs> okay. no, yeah, great, but great points there. And then also, I think again, the kid that the audience and the medium dictated some of that filler content that is still fine. But if you're watching as an adult, I can see how you're like, I I could easily have done without that episode. Yeah. Yeah. And that's final, uh, final thoughts, pros, cons for ATLA. And then let's jump to the next thing. Um, It would be easy to gush about all three of these just all day. It's that's why it's a podcast. I think my final thoughts are I'll say that when I'll I'll get this on the next one, but um, I think that it is better with each rewatch. 
And I don't feel that way about necessarily about the other two series. I do think that ATLA is better with each rewatch because I think you catch more each time. And the fact that it was a cohesive story, um, you see where things are set up early on in a way that you don't catch the first time through. Um, and I think that that's something, I think that's something where if you're looking for a new show, that's, it's not going to be as impactful on a first watch through and you're already like, well, this is 61 episodes. You got to watch it twice to really get it. Then it's not the same, you know, so that's watch my... our podcast. We'll tell you which episodes you can cut out on your second. Watch through. <laughs> uh, let's jump to the next one. Let's go. We're going to do legend of Korra next. We'll just go in chronology as they appeared. Um, so legend of Korra, Again, first watching it and watching the whole series when it, when Legend of Korra was airing, I was all about it. It was my favorite. It was my preference. Um, I loved the, it, it has older characters and it has um, more mature themes and plot points and they're more, um, they're more focused. So, for example, you have a whole um, PTSD plot line and not going to say any more about that, but the fact that you have still have this show that's aimed for kids and you have that. Um, and I think they did also try to make it something that was an evolution of, hey, these are kids. That, this show is first targeted at kids that grew up with ATLA and now are older and now are probably around the age of these characters that have been aged up for this series. And I mean, I always even hesitate to, I don't want to pick, uh, like pick nits when I'm having conversations. So I usually just try to avoid it and then I don't say anything about it. It's like, I usually don't put this one in the like aimed for kids category in my head. It's, you know, I, I don't know why I divide things like this in my head, but it's like, this is like TV 14 material ish. Yeah. Uh, it wouldn't be rated that way because it doesn't have that kind of content. But in terms of sort of audience appropriateness, um, I always kind of put it in the low teen category throughout low throughout but minimum mm -hmm. of low teen i think it's a um i was going to do something and now i'm not going to do that i was going to try to draw comparisons between um anime and what i would compare atla to versus what i would compare lok to and i'm not going to do that now because i'm just going to insult somebody or make an idiot of myself with something like that's not really what i mean but chris and i uh, would be interested in hearing your opinion whatever you were gonna say <laughs> After the fact, and okay. and in the meantime, I appreciate the uh, the discretion. Just in case, I'm so nervous. I feel like Chris is going to leave me alone one week, and we're just going to ruin everything. I'm going to check his subs on Monday. It's just going to be me, and that's it's going to be horrible. But no, I'd love to hear your thoughts on exactly what you were going to say after uh, after the show. Yeah, I want to. I have to process it more because I kind of went through like. 12 examples in my head quickly. So I'll have to process them more and think about it. But um, to get back to it, mature themes are a big, um, a big highlight of it for me. Um, and then I'll just say in the finale of season four, the very final scene, they make a very bold decision that again, huge for Western animation that was aimed at kids because we are Again. extremely excited to get to to continue working through Cora just for that reason. They sort of, uh, I'm I'm gonna say at least a little bit groundbreaking. It, yeah, no, I for sure because that's and that's why I'm glad I was able to watch it as the finale was happening. Honestly, I will say I will go on record saying I predicted that they would do it, 
built building up to that finale, I predicted it was going there. But the fact that they actually did was just it it, it, it again, it's I will say each Dragon Prince doesn't happen without the moves that ATLA and Legend of Korra made. And that's also important to say that um, what they did for Western animation and storytelling and, again, shows aimed at kids. It, it's this it's this important progression and that's not um, you can't you can't go without saying that. So um, in the storytelling at well, OK, first of all, the animation is fantastic like throughout there's a few few low points where it was clear where they had to do some budget issues i'll get that into that with cons but the animation is fantastic can i build on that real quick yeah just of this is a this is a small detail but it's something that's like important to me personally that or that makes it still more palatable today just the difference between being hd uh, versus sd like going Mm -hmm. back and watching my original avatar dvds which is how i watched it when we started the podcast because it wasn't up yet uh versus watching these uh these uh do i have dvds or blu-rays even um but just like having it in full widescreen mm-hmm. um and, and it's like a little quality of life thing that shouldn't be important but it's in terms of like watching it in 2020 especially for a first timer doesn't hurt yeah there's and that's again both both series aged really well because they did the work on the animation and that's, it I was good in HD. It doesn't look like shit when it's blown up. It looks yeah, great. Yeah. And that's, and that's the other thing is it was something they didn't cut corners when they had all the reasons to cut corners with the legend of Korra. They did not. Every and they found opportunity to cut corners with the in the season four onward of Korra. They, they found ways to make it work and they found where they could work around it to make sure you still had the best possible fight scenes you could see which goes into my next um topic of i think that you see the true potential of benders of every element in a way that you do not see them in atla in that you see where things can go and i don't want to get into spoilery things but there are um because it's able to go a little bit darker with some of the themes than what ATLA was able to go. There are some, um, I'll just say season three has some airbending techniques that make that shock you. And they're one of those things where it's like, you could imagine that happening, but you never would have thought it would happen. And then it plays out on screen and you're like, Oh my God. <laughs> I honestly kind of get that way with the, like even the energy bending at the end of the first. So I, that, I, I, I vaguely remember what you're referring to in season three. And I have a feeling it's just a carryover of like the, the surprise. Uh, um, I felt at the end of avatar last Airbender. I, I don't think you're actually getting what I, what I'm, I'm uh, talking about a scene with um, the, it's I, I will say it's a scene with the Earth Queen in, right? Because it's the Queen. Yes, it's the Queen in. Um, I've only watched season three and four and five one time, um, so I actually don't I don't recall any of them that well. I guess I might be overlooking. So that's fine. Don't don't spoil it. Okay. Don't spoil there, it. No, it's it's 
you're in for a treat then it was uh, uh again i go back i have specific memories of things like like i said watching it through live with my friend and things that um because he had grown up again he had been part of the demographic watching it he had spent a lot of time um like he wasn't writing fan fiction or anything but he was thinking about like that he had that kind of mindset of thinking about what is the potential of all these things. And, you know, you get, a, you get a little bit of that in ATLA, you get, um, you get the dark side of water bending in, in ATLA, you get, um, it, so I, I think that there's uh and you see growth, it's a different series and that's, um, I like how different it is. And I think that, the, and that's me personally, that's my opinion. That's where, again, I'm going to highlight this as my opinion. I don't want to, do anything to um anger people anger you know longtime viewers or anything um i just say that that was one of the reasons i initially liked cora so much more it, um and i don't necessarily feel that way anymore that's the other thing to say i uh i like that we we did touch on when we were discussing this episode initially they're almost almost different genres of show just the, yeah. the amount of of content uh distinction between the two the fact that cora is still serial but it's serial in kind of a season by season basis yeah. as opposed to a, a massive story arc being told they almost feel maybe not maybe not different genres but they're definitely like distinct subgenres of show which does make comparing them pretty wild um as as a I don't know if it's a pro or con. I'm going to say that based on how my wife and I watch television, which is how I think the modern person watches television, which is it's on in the background most of the time, right? Where it's a constant binge. Mm -hmm. I think maybe that's a little bit of a con for this as opposed to ATLA. And I'm probably mm -hmm. splitting hairs here, but the idea that you, you probably have to pay a little more attention, uh, these sort of tighter contained stories in smaller seasons, um, maybe a little bit heavier content. Like it's almost a show that as a first time, I think you have to grant a little more of your attention to, uh, to grasp. And that shouldn't be a con, but in this specific context in modern 2020 Netflix binging for us, it kind of, kind of is. I, I do, I do think it is a con because I will, again, me watching it out of order, watching, being familiar with the franchise, seeing a few episodes of ATLA, then watching all of season one of Korra, going back and watching ATLA, then watching the rest of Korra. Um, I am partial toward watching everything in both chronological and release order um, between those two series. Got it. Okay. I, I am. And that, that's, so I'm not giving away anything at this point. I, I'm, I'm leaning towards some, but um I think that you do, I think you get more out of Cora if you have watched ATLA at least once through. Um, j just my opinion. I think that there's more to be gained from that. I, but I do think... Um, I wouldn't I'm say not, you need to, but I generally agree that you're going to have much more sort of fondness and appreciation for the, the growth of the characters and society as a whole. Um, I, and that I, it does kind of necessitate in a way that the reverse is not true. And that's where that, like when I was talking about my point about the potential of bending, it's there are some things that are completely normal in Korra that were not at the time of ATLA and Aang's time. It's not, those weren't things that happened. They weren't thing. And so having that backwards track and like, 
both in the development of society and also the use of elements and bending and how all that happened. Um, just my opinion, I think a little bit gets lost there. Um, so I can go over to my cons unless, oh, one more. I have one more pro that I think is important. Sure. Um, you did mention, it's like, core is like four separate stories. Um, it has an overarching story, but it's written. There's a, there's a new villain each season. Um, and I do think that that is another strong point is I do think three of the four villains, you could say there's five villains, but three of the four villains are, I think, fantastic, well-written and different, unique. And um, especially, again, I'll go back to the idea of children's shows. I don't think you always get a compelling main villain in shows. And I don't want to say anything too polarizing here. So um, I think also- we're allowed to say, and I, I maybe it's what you're getting at, but I think we're allowed to say, because I've said it before, that, you know, like Ozai not being a thrilling villain, but that's what. Uh, you yeah. know, maybe Azula is really the main villain. They're just being vastly more interesting. You can certainly yeah. go there to say that the sort of uh, superficial main villain of Ozai in, in ATLA, I, I think a lot of people would probably agree that that's not very, he's not very satisfying and yep. specifically a villain frame. It's a, I mean, the finale is fantastic and it's a perfect finale in so many ways, but Yes, as a villain, Ozai is kind of flat and boring. He can be evil for evil's sake, but you have the you have the compelling villains in Azula, and I mean, even either I mean, every got, every other villain in yeah, the show is it tends more, to be pretty compelling. Every other yeah, main one you can list, yeah. And um, I, I, so I think that's a, I think that is a strength for Korra that three of the four villains are just um, and they represent different um political ideologies and that's another thing is that you're getting this it's one of the, you're 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 getting historical perspective <laughs> that you didn't realize you were getting i guess um honestly for me it's a uh and i said it to kiss before is for me when i compare the two series because i can't help it uh for me that part is a con is that like one that's that very real and i tend to be very childish mm-hmm. in my tastes but uh, for this episode, for the sake of this episode and recommending it to somebody else, uh, you know, if I'm thinking about my wife, that's probably a good thing. That, that sort of touch of reality where she's not necessarily into the super high fantasy mm-hmm. dragon warrior everything that I am. <laughs> uh, maybe she would like some reality tied in, some heavy, some weight tied into it. So, you know, that that could probably go on either side of the coin as well. I, I think it... Um... I think it, there's a what you understand. I think the thing is you can connect with each of the villains. You understand. You can understand where they're coming from and why they're doing the things that they're doing. And it's like, oh, hmm, they made a good point there. <laughs> yeah, like, mm, like I know Amon's I, a dick, but I kind of get it. You know, I kind of you kinda see the, the framework at least. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I like that. Um. Okay. So big flaw is not even necessarily their fault because again, I will say. Brian and Mike are geniuses and deserve all the praise and everything they could possibly get positive coming their way. Um, Cora was meant to be a one-off. Season one is meant to be a one-off. Season one as ri- is written as a one-off. Um, if I'm ha- if I get the story right, I think they actually their plan was to animate 
the comics um, and continue the story. Um, I would I would need Chris here to validate that because I actually have no idea. I mean, that I, sounds like something Chris would know for sure. And I may again, I I may be misremembering or may have had a bad source, but I think that that there was something where either, either way, what happened was it was supposed to be a unique story. So what they came up with was Korra, and you finish season one of Korra, and it feels complete, and it feels like what it was supposed to be. You get all the beats of a single story, and it is the, a very strong standalone like it would have made yeah. a great spinoff by itself and then it does well and they decide to nickelodeon decides to hey we're gonna give you some more as as any <laughs> media production would, would yeah. do not just nickelodeon but i get what so, you're saying um i'll just say that i think and this is will be important also when i get into dragon prince and say that there are um lows in the series that I think are totally worth getting past. And I think, um, and from listening to your most recent episodes, I think Chris also kind of agrees that season two of Korra is weak. Um, I, it's, I, it's the least memorable to me. I only vaguely recall what goes on. And I know that, uh, Chris has voiced his, I, I can't even, it's not even displeasure because it's still an enjoyable experience, I think for him and probably for yeah. me, but of the four being sort of noticeably the, the weakest i think their quick turnaround time maybe is, is kind of what you're getting like hey we weren't expecting to do this now we've got to come up with yeah now we've got to figure out a way to expand the story that we had as a one-off thing and we had a conclusion to and now we've got to figure out how to expand it how do we keep this character uh interesting again how do we sort of light a new flame so and, I... and core is a foil to ang she's very different from ang which i know can be that 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 can be a polarizing thing too. I I, I think because I I know again I just know people friends of mine who grew up with ATLA and have I've just strong I've people. just settled on that that's that's part of life and it's not uh, <laughs> it's not necessarily good or bad and everybody should probably align with one character or the other and that's great and yeah uh, but they're they're totally different characters for totally different purposes and ends and as I mentioned we're talking about what I would consider as two you know i get that i don't want to say different genres but like different subgenres or at least yeah. different uh different different angles or something that necessitates that yeah they're going different places um so anyway i i think it's got some weak writing in that sense but i attribute it to that however i also think that season two has some of the best world building for the whole franchise in what it establishes in the latter half so it's tough to say there um i think it as a series, Korra has more ups and downs. Um, and I also, what I realized in my rewatch, and again, saying originally I was a much bigger Korra fan than ATLA, I do think that while ATLA is better on each rewatch, in my opinion, um, I think Korra um, is better the first time. I think first or second time. Um, I think after that, you notice thing. You notice maybe some of the flaws are a little bit more. Some of the things um, great on you a little bit more. I think, and I hate this. Some of my favorite characters. I think that there are times in the series where they have low points because they didn't know what to do with those characters again because of the uncertain number of episodes that they were going to have going forward. So, um, but. Yeah, that those are the, those are the main things 
that I had. I, again, I absolutely loved it as a series. It was my like hands down was my preferred one. Now I flip flop and say they are different. They are, um, each one has great things to offer and I think you should watch them in order. Um, that's my preferred answer to all these questions is watch all three of them in order and enjoy. Yeah. Um, that being said, we are going to jump now. We, uh, we're going to jump to the, I'm not even going to call it the black sheep because the, the context around this, please tell me if I mess this up, but the dragon prince was just Aaron Ehas and from, from the, from the original trio of, of people. We always think of Brian and Mike, Aaron should probably be like the third musketeer yeah. in there. Um, and then he, this is kind of his, his passion project, the dragon prince that came out, uh, I don't know, two years ago, 2000, uh, 2000 fall, 2018 was 2018. So pretty fresh, uh, Aaron Ehas. If you don't know him from avatar, the last airbender, I know him from Futurama, which actually happens to be maybe my favorite comedy my animated comedy. Um, and so it does, it's, I mean, it exists in separate universes and it probably shouldn't be in this same conversation it just so happens that a i needed uh, a guest on the mm -hmm. show and i wanted to have you on the show and i know you love the dragon prince and b i also love the dragon prince and i hold it in in extremely similar esteem and i don't want to speak on chris's behalf but i don't think that he was upset that we wanted to bring it into the conversation so no uh it's not really the same at all or even really related outside mm -hmm. of casual reference and Aaron Ehas. Uh, but yes, if I was going to go uh, talk to my wife about the last, uh, the last airbender or legend of Korra, and we were talking about Netflix and shows that we should watch, this would absolutely be the next thing I'd talk about. So uh, please allow us in this case, Tyler to tie in the, not even the black sheep, but the cousin, <laughs> the cousin, if you will. And yeah, I'll say that's where, for me, that's where the connection is. The connection is with Aaron and Aaron being um, the lead writer on many of the biggest plot episodes. He is a, a storyteller, like first yeah. and foremost, maybe even more than the other two as creators. Aaron is a storyteller. At least and that's I, how it always feels. So I'm probably romanticizing it. Well, no, and I, I think that's I think that's why you, you have to. I, it, for me, it's like... You, you've got to talk about it and say, if you're, if you're going to talk about Dragon Prince, I think you need to talk about it in the context of ATLA and Korra and the evolution of that. Cause that's kind of what I was touching on earlier. Dragon Prince doesn't happen without the groundbreaking moves that each of the previous two made. So it's, it's completely its own thing. It's a whole new franchise. Um, it's only three sevenths of the way through. And um, so it's still it's still in process. The, the length between three and four uh, is killing me. But well, that and me. that's that's what's sad because um, that's I'll just touch on that and say the first three seasons they knocked those out so quickly, like mm -hmm. they were each like six months apart, if not less. Um, so there was no wait time. Um, I think now in retrospect, I think what, so Dragon Prince is a Netflix property. It is a Netflix original show. They're the ones funding it and everything. Um, so I think that they had originally greenlit the three first seasons and there's a, there is a, there's a story that happens in, in three seasons. Technically you could say there's kind of an ending. It's not a, it's not an ending, but it's, 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 it's not a, 
I, I never did think of the right word. It's like not a payoff. And this is actually going to come up for me as a con of like recommending it to my wife mm-hmm. is it's there's not like the payoff you want at the end of binging the kind of shows that we're talking about in it. Like it, it's very obvious that there is intended uh, to be more and you don't quite get all the information or anything you want out of it. And so I know I'm jumping yeah. again, but that actually is a con when I'm thinking about recommending it is yeah, it might get her excited. But if we're talking about binging, there's going to be that the end is going to be like, what? Yeah, I think, and I think that that's where you could go either way. Cause what are you looking for? Um, and I, obviously I don't, well, I don't know your wife at all. Other we, than- <laughs> we literally just binge TV shows. Like if she's uh, sewing and I'm on the computer or whatever, or eating and we just binge, like we just like to work through it. Uh, very instant gratification, very modern with how we're binging these shows. And that's kind of how I'm okay. approaching this, okay. this topic. And so, unfortunately, I do think it sort of creates a negative for this show because when season four comes out, you know what we're going to do? We're going to go back and watch season one, two, and three. So maybe in her eyes, maybe why not just wait until season four or five? Or, you know, I don't know. And that's, yeah, and that's, and that's fair. And that's, I, again, I will say I have a, on that specific topic, I'm a bit partial because I think my wife and I have, I have rewatched it, I don't know, probably like all of it three or four times, probably at this point, because, I will say it is the shortest of the three by far mm-hmm. so far. Um, and the seasons are shorter in that sense. Eight, so right now it's episodes, 20 uh, uh, at 40 it, minutes each or something like that. Um, it varies a little bit. There's 27 total episodes. So okay. go back and say ATLA was 61. LOK was 52 and dragon prince is currently sitting at 27. Um, so kind of touched on this before it is a growth in that it benefits from all the the precedents that the previous series were able to set um again i think that i have to and i have to compare them just because there is that similar with aaron being a with aaron being the creative mind behind dragon prince or behind dragon prince and him being a head writer on ATLA, it's that similar storytelling aspect. It's that similar. Um, if you like that, you're it, it, to me. I'm like, if you like the way the stories progress, you're probably going to find something you like in all three. Um, if that makes sense. I look. You look like you're confused, Sean, or disagreeing. Nope. With I know. I'm just. I'm pondering and trying to think of. Uh, uh, any reasons why I think there's a number of people who do, you know, like Avatar, maybe they do or don't like Korra, but maybe haven't been as rabid about this show. And I, that makes me really sad because damn it, I eat this show up. I, I eat it like candy. I'm gonna touch on cons first, just because of that. I'm gonna touch yeah, on Yeah, go, go ahead. Okay. Let's let's biggest biggest con for me with Dragon Prince is season one, they okay. This is a polarizing thing for me. It is a totally CG show. It is not. It is one of the it's and I don't remember what the technique is where it's like they try to make it to a certain degree look like hand drawn, but it's in a way it's not even one of those that goes full on like that because Netflix has a few properties with um, some anime that where it's like it's definitely all CG, but they try to give it a hand drawn look, but it, it doesn't try to be that for me. I don't love fully CG stuff. I decided to watch it again i'll say first season 
I watched half of it on a phone on a plane to Tahoe. So um, didn't exactly have a huge screen or anything to really judge it. But if you're watching on an actual TV, they slowed the frame rate down or reduce the frame rate a lot because they were trying to make it look more natural or something i don't remember exactly what the logic was but it backfired it does it kind of has a like a choppy frame by frame is the idea yeah. that they're going for the and, thing that hurts it is that you know when you hand draw you don't literally like re-hand draw every frame of every scene right mm-hmm. there's reused assets and things and so the the choppy frame rate doesn't doesn't recreate that and i have to say choppy it's it's not that you had to pay extra close attention and notice, but it's not, when I say choppy, I think of like bad PS1 games. It's not that, but it doesn't recreate that experience like like they wanted to, and I imagine you're about to mention. Well, yeah, and that's, that's I was just going to say that that's always my disclaimer. When I recommend Dragon Prince to people for whatever reason, and I do frequently recommend it for various reasons, um, I don't know if jesse from uh, pokemonarchy has actually watched it or not yet but i know i was trying to get him to watch it years ago i don't um, think he has either i don't if i recall right i don't know that he's opposed to the idea but it didn't appeal to him so much that he was going to drop his kind of regularly scheduled programming uh, and he's a he is a tv uh i guess a, like tv buff tv enthusiast he's got a very broad eccentric taste in shows i don't think he was ready for this to like interrupt that based on what he had seen and that's um that's fair. Again, like I said, I jumped on it right before it people started noticing because I jumped on it as soon as it was released and it took a little bit for people to notice it, I think. I was in the same boat just because I had to credit Chris again for keeping me on up with mm-hmm. news and, and saying, hey, Sean, you know, this is Aaron and it, it's got a dragon on it. So I know it's going to be all about you. That's a big pro for me, by the way. Just dragons in the, <laughs> in the thing, dragons in the name. Uh, that's going to win me over. Every that's what I wanted a simple name. Um, Cause I was thinking about you and I was like, this is, it's more of your true standard high fantasy and particularly your true standard Western high fantasy, because yeah. you have the, you have the Eastern influence with ATLA and LOK again, making them groundbreaking the fact that they were able to do that, but you get, you're getting back to your sword and sorcery, dragons, elves, all of your, tabletop rpg and a tv show i'm literally i'm sitting on a blanket that's dragon quest (laughs) it's my favorite blanket they're going on my shelves there's a disproportionate number of things with dragons in them and yeah most (laughs) of them play to that i i always just it's probably incorrect to say but i always say like that like the classic high fantasy tropes Mm -hmm. and this is right in there um that's a, I know you were doing cons and I had to throw this. No, play, that, that's I'm not going to let you I, not I, let me talk about dragons as much as well, possible. Well, no, and I, I was hoping you would talk about that. I wanted to talk about that. Um, <laughs> so I actually, across my, I have the not yet complete across both pros and cons. And I'll, I'll say why. Okay. Um, something that, while I like being able to binge something all the way through, there's that disappointment. There's that withdrawal of, I finished it and there's nothing left. And you can't attest to the quality beyond the, I, I I'm excited and, and a good cliffhanger is great, but I think the bigger issue is that like, if I'm trying to recommend it, like I, I'm a, I'm a whole picture guy. I'm a validated technology yeah. guy. Um, and so that's the part when I'm telling it to other people, cause you know, what if, what if season four, five, six, seven, what if four is crap and the rest never come, you know, it's, is uh, it, is it too controversial to say, to bring up game of Thrones and the 
finale. I, no, I don't think at all. Chris has plenty of Game of Thrones content and speaks his mind clearly. I say go ahead. Absolutely. I, I, I think again, and I think um I think that's another thing. It's like if if you it, it it's like um there there are definitely parallels to Game of Thrones until and, and even in the the political intrigue of Dragon Prince as a oh nice. <laughs> I mean, it's serpent. Uh, what's it? Serpentier. Serpentine, yeah. Serpentina or Serpentier. I, I don't remember. remember. Probably not technically a dragon. I'm just trying to share some of my love. Yeah, you know, that's yeah, that's great. I I don't have anything. I have katanas behind me. If you don't have a I dragon have in your room somewhere, I'm giving you one for Christmas. Like, I mean, I used to have one, but you I better I don't damn well have one anymore. Um. Anyway, I think that. It is a, we talk about um, something else, something to weigh that I think is a pro. Um, you talk about ATLA having a more kid focused theme with sprinkling in the heavy hitting topics and Cora being much darker themed. I think you have Dragon Prince right in the middle with it has some pretty dark themes, but it can deliver things in a very um, comedic way. Um, not not the dark themes, but it has the, it has the constant uh, comedic aspect to it. You have and you have a little bit more with your with your main cast. Um, you have a broader range of ages in a way too um, w- with the characters that you're seeing, and I think that that helps too because they really nail the characterization of how um, those characters act or whatever. Um, another thing. I mentioned groundbreaking moves that the other two series made by you couldn't do that on a kid's show before and now they're doing it. And I think that that is another thing that Dragon Prince benefited from both being a Netflix property and Aaron probably being in many ways able to do whatever he wanted. Um, but also I wish we could say that about all Avatar related things on Netflix. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> another, topic, another day. Yes. Um, I think it's got a you have a ton of diversity. Obviously you have elves and humans and different species, but um, you have a ton of diversity just in the humans. And I think that that is a, you don't get that in cartoons. And I think, uh, I think you guys talked about this on a a previous episode recently. You talked about um, with anime and the just oversaturation of male characters and not having good female characters and dragon prince um has great female characters in abundance um we're not also... just talking like the easy like this is a story about a great female character it's like no the it's littered with real feeling great female characters yeah um i i'm torn between who my favorite character is and um well, so i mean go... it's callum obviously but i you know i gotta i, I, I will say um my wife will like fight to the death that Amaya is the best character. Um, she has great grounds to say that. And she's just, you have this great character. Um, I mean, you just said, but you have, you have a diverse, you have diverse characters. You have representation of all kinds of different characters. You have a good representation of LGBTQ characters. You have, um, a you have a deaf character you have um a i mean th- that's you, when you're watching it and uh, 
totally non-binary, multiple skin colors uh, in the same race, right? So the diversity isn't just in the races themselves, uh, but within the same race. So that feels kind of refreshing, like saying diversity, but then like, hey, all the elves are white and also all the dwarves are white. And also like, no, they actually have skin colors in in the species. And we've, and so far we've only met two of the... Yeah, two of the six species of elves. And we've seen all that diversity in the two that we've seen and know that there's more to come. That's the thing. That's something I'm excited for is to see the other elves. I am too. Um, Stoked. But something that, again, and I'll say this is a pro Anacon for me. It is absolutely littered with pop culture references. And um, I won't say what they are because they're fun to discover as they go Mm -hmm. through. Um, But I will say... As an example, um, I read an interview or something where they talked about at one point as kind of a joke with the writers, they were like, how many Guns N' Roses song titles can we sprinkle into the dialogue on these episodes? They didn't end up doing that, but they did it with other things that were similar to where sometimes you're watching it and it's like, am I playing what do you meme right now? (laughs) Because there's a lot of just like things that are just straight up memes that they manage to work into the dialogue. And I love that. It's fun. You're watching like, did they really just do that? Um, And and for me, that's a highlight. And, but as the con, it makes it not as timeless as especially ATLA is. Cause again, I'm talking about rewatching ATLA. Oh, if we're talking about, I don't know what we talk about 2015 or 2005 was maybe when it ended I think 15 so. years later and how well it's aged. And I'm sitting here appreciating it even more now. Um, I think that some of the aspects of dragon Prince won't age as well because it's littered with those pop culture references, but they're super fun. The first time you're watching it. I don't, uh, you know, I'm going to say that most of the, and I probably missed some cause I'm a, I'm not very smart and B I'm not very pop culture smart. I probably miss most, uh, a lot of them even, what the ones I do pick up on don't hit me as like heavy handed. Um, I would say, you know, the heavier handed it is, the worse it's going to make it age. Quote yeah. unquote. Um, well, and most it, of them don't feel that way. So I'm, I'm pretty like that to me tends to be a, a pro and it kind of catches me and brings me in the moment and the context and whatnot. Uh, for the most part, I don't see it hindering in the future, but I could, I could be alone there. I could be missing enough ones that are no, on dated. I think that's good. Cause I think that, that says that they're not they're not thrown in your face, but they're fun discoveries. I don't um, feel the one the only one that's like literally thrown in your face is the little Callum boomerang bit, which is <laughs> which uh, I, but, I think that's fine to say. I think that's fine to share it to you. I just I just want to mention that because that's cute as hell when they yeah, just, it, like that. That's that's totally fine. Yeah, um, and that's I guess for anyone not depending on again, if we're just talking about your wife, she may not know that the voice the wife part was... isn't as important uh, you know to the ends of the conversation as much as i wanted to frame it so that we okay. didn't have to give like a that's, best answer you know as a she's a gimmick here that that that's 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 good to know because that's i think um in the end I'll I'll for sure eventually goes, yeah. to watch all three and she'll as like you it. should as you should <laughs> but that's all i'll say is okay so callum is voiced by jack DeSena, who voices Sokka, and Sokka is known for his boomerang in atla and there is a just completely unnecessary but fantastic scene for anyone who's paying attention where he sees something and he looks at it and he says something 
familiar. Why does this feel so familiar? <laughs> yes. And it's just, it's great. Um, and I, I, I love that. And, and, but yeah, so there's that. And then there's other things that are referencing other, other influences, or like I said, just straight up memes that are littered throughout. And I'm sure there's probably, probably plenty that I missed as well. Um, I'm going to say, so like that one is obviously very heavy handed, but it's going to hit the right audience really well. Yeah. Um, and in 10 years, maybe somebody raises an eyebrow or two, but it, it, it's pretty harmless. Yeah. Um, I would say if it was packed full of that, that, that kind of thing, then you, you've got a show that feels like two teenagers talking to each other, you know, and we don't know what they're talking about because we're old. Yeah. Yeah. It happens. Happens the best of us. Well, you're making me feel better too. Cause I, that, I mean, again, that was my thing was, uh, I, I've, especially ATLA for me just hits as, as really timeless in my most recent rewatch. Um, and that was where I was a little, I don't know about this. I, that is everything I want to highlight. I think right now, again, biggest con for me is that choppy animation in season one, because I do tell people that I have actually multiple people I've talked to. I've warned them and said, Hey, you got to just get past season one for the animation and focus on the story. Watch it on a smaller screen, do something. Um, it doesn't bother me on rewatches and you I, will adjust to it. <laughs> I may or may not be uh, in, in the minority uh, if you know me, you know I like retro video games and things like that. Like, uh, you know, sort of the modern, the modern taste in tech and stuff. This sort of even defies that conversation. I'm just trying to work to a point where it's like, at the beginning, I felt like it, like one of those where you feel like something's off mm-hmm. and you can't quite put your finger on it. And I was still lauding the detail, uh, you know, the actual artistry behind it, even if it's not hand drawn. But when we mm-hmm. and Chris were reviewing it. Lotting the the detail in the world that they painted was a beautiful picture. Yeah. Even if it feels like something is off and I didn't necessarily know what it was. I will say that I personally, maybe I'm not like a, a well-versed in this. I, I immediately forgot and stopped caring. Just watching on a regular TV or whatever. Like it might've bugged me mm. just at first. Like what is there's what what's going on here? And then I just forgot and it didn't bother me ever again. I, and- maybe on rewatching it now that we've talked about it, I'll be like, shit, that's ugly. I doubt no, it. that's that's me too. I got over it quickly, but I've just known people who have refused to go on with the series because that's bugged them so much. It does and I feel disingenuous, if you will. Yeah, it, and it gets so much better in season two and three. There's a each one improve. It's significant improvement for season two, and then there's more in season three. Um, and. Again, the world building, I think the world building is great. And I think because I touched on this with the previous two, I think that for me, as I mentioned, I've rewatched it multiple times. It's something that we, my wife and I turn on in the background and each time I catch new things. So it's another one like going back to ATLA where I feel like each time I rewatch it, I catch something new. And I will say, um, finishing season three, of Dragon Prince immediately going back and watching the prologue of the very first episode of season one is a hugely satisfying experience. It's finally coming together. Yes. And that is where, again, I see a cohesive vision happening where again, Legend of Korra, not necessarily not their fault, (laughs) 
there were production nightmares but it is a con in that and that is something that dragon prince and atla share in that you have a cohesive vision happening here and i think that there's i think there's something really just incredible that happens with dragon prince in seeing the pieces come together you're like oh they showed me all these things and I didn't know what they meant. And now I have pieces to put them together. And I'm like, Oh wow. That was cool. Um, I didn't so think I, it falls in between. Uh, I don't know if it's pro or con, but it kind of falls in between. Uh, I'm, I'm repeating what you said. I apologize between yeah. Cora and avatar in the, not just the content, but maybe also the depth or like how much attention you have to pay, like to be leaving it running yeah. on the background because avatar you can totally leave running in the background you'll pick up new stuff mm. every time but you can close your eyes and you're still going to get most of the story there yeah um, and then somewhere in that spectrum there's the dragon prince and then farther down you actually i feel like you have to pay attention to Korra. Um, i no, i totally agree with that i think so, I, the pro or con i think it's a very i think that helps make it very bingeable if you will yeah um and it gets credit in that it's a whole new it gets credit in the same way that avatar did that atla did in that completely new world establishment and it has um you could draw similarities between the four elements um but it's not it's it's magic system is its own thing and um it's a little bit more nebulous, I think, because while it's still kind of a hard magic system, and it's not quite as hard as the as it's, it's not as grounded in sort of tangible things that we can wrap our minds around. Yeah, I think, uh, and the... I think some of it's just missing. I think some of it's missing information. I think some of it we don't know yet because the way it's introduced versus. But um, anyway, it is, I'm always when when I have magic uh, in video games, I always want it to be uh, like imbibed through items. Like magic is this this nebulous force and you have to be carrying this sword to be able to channel it. So that makes sense to me. It's like, all right, there's nebulous power and you need some kind of channel or whatever. Mm -hmm. I didn't even know how I felt about magic until I watched avatar. Um, and so then, yeah, as a small con towards the show is it's maybe not quite as satisfying because it, it, it has a more gosh, I hope I don't make people mad. I didn't, I should have thought about it before I said it. It has a more anime feel in that the magic is a little more nebulous and, and, uh, not as well uh scoped i guess or not yeah. as tightly scoped i think it's um it's also not as much of a focus and it is both a, a big focus but it's also not a focus because with avatar and Korra, you have that's just part of the lifestyle it is it's, it is it it's it's built in it's not uh it's not an asset or something as much as it is how the uh, yeah and you have the you have the with dragon prince you have more of like it's a pretty common theme in high fantasy to have that um either the idea that magic is dying or that magic is changing and you have this conflict of uh true like the old magic or the old ways of doing things clashing with this is the modern a new different things. type or dark or or yeah. untapped potential i mean you just retold most dragon quest stories right there well yeah i mean and again and i think that that can you just again. ruined my childhood thank you well no i think I'm it's i think it's a pro and a con. i think 
again, with, with Dragon Prince, I have a hard time because I think there's a lot of things that are both pros and cons depending on your person. On where taste. they take. And I know I'm probably ruining part of the outcome here, but like the it uh, where they take it from here is going to be such a big determinant on how much I come back to it or if I ever come back. Because three good seasons, but one bad season does tend to trash things for me. I have a hard time stopping yeah. and saying, yeah, I'm just going to watch three and be happy. Uh, yeah. That's right. I, um, I'm ready to talk about, I think this is, I think we're, we, I think we've gone way over time of what we, yeah, <laughs> we've I talked about. Have, I didn't really, have but, a restriction. Um, I was worried at some point that my voice would break, uh, from <laughs> talking to Neil first and then you, but you've carried the conversation so nicely that I have no qualms about how the times turned out. It's been thoroughly engaging. So, uh, thank you. Before we move on, first of all, thank you very much. I appreciate oh, you no, not just participating, me. but literally carrying <laughs> the conversation. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Two, before we get to the answer, you do have to tell me what element you would bend. I'm glad you brought that back because I thought about that earlier. Um, I think I would probably be a waterbender because... I think Toph is my favorite character, but I will say I think earthbending is a little too much of a it's a little too much of a jock element for me, and I'm the complete opposite of that. Um, and again, if I was gonna like sort them like Harry Potter houses or <laughs> whatever, I think that with um, you with firebending, you have a little bit more of the you have the little bit more of the persona of kind of like the popular kids that think with that. Um, I, am I just ignore me if I'm going crazy with this, but, um, airbending little too Zen for me. I'm not that chill and calm. Um, and water bending because I've actually tried to do, and this is, I'm a Ravenclaw. Go on. Well, it, like at a very minimal, very minimal amount. I've tried to do some like Tai Chi on my own, which water bending is based on Tai Chi. Um, and it, I, I've kind of tried to do a little, it, it's sort of like a meditative practice. And I found like, um, th there's a certain, like, uh, it makes sense in a way to me how it works. And I also like, uh, I like the potential of it. I like all the things that you, you have water bending, you have ice, you have blood bending, you have all of these um, different directions that it can go in. And I think it, um, you have a mix of going with the flow and then you have this darker side to it. And I think that that's a spectrum of me <laughs> of trying to be like, trying to be more of the I try to try to be more zen going with the flow, but I can definitely see where I'd be like, mm, I'm going to lean more toward these ice I'm gonna, spikes. I'm going <laughs> to blood bend this person and stab them with. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think that's, I think it, you know, I'm just talking about my own mental instability. <laughs> yeah, I guess you're not alone. It's especially in 2020. You're not alone. Yeah, I, yeah. I always struggle with this because I, I, I am an earthbender. It doesn't suit my personality a hundred percent. Like I'm not tough. I'm I'm stubborn. I'm not tough. Um, I don't ride all the right vibes for it. But I do have this very distinct... Uh, I try to mask it when I'm trying to behave myself socially and interact like a normal human. But I do have like a my way or the highway element, uh, pun intended, about me. 
And then yeah. earthbending is so functionally useful to the way that I think and operate in my daily life. So uh, as yeah. much as I think I'm a Ravenclaw, and I think that earthbending is probably a Gryffindor kind of thing, uh, would be how I'd pair that up. But I yeah. think in terms of bending, I am an earthbender. No, I I see you as a very grounded person, and I also know that you're a very again. I compared it to jocks, and I know not that I'm. I don't. I Foot, not that I'm calling you jocks. I know you're a very big sports fan. I know I, you're a I am huge sports sport. person. Football is my favorite thing <laughs> yeah. to watch. I myself, uh, I don't think I'm particularly tough, and I'm also not an asshole, which Toff kind of is sometimes. Uh, maybe don't fit the jock crowd. Uh, but like I said, in terms of sort of functionality and the underlying causes for those behaviors, mm. and I'm just going to call it like a my way or the highway approach to things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do, I do have that. I try to cover it up a lot. That's a driving force under me. So, uh, all right. Well, if, uh, Chris is probably an airbender and you are a waterbender. I'm an earthbender. So we need uh, an evil, uh, a menacing Slytherin firebender. To oh, it's Jesse. It's Jesse. Is he a f- <laughs> Oh, he it's Jesse. <laughs> Jesse, if you watch this, I need to know if you are a firebender. I don't know if I've ever asked you before. I, That's excellent. I would be curious what his arguments would be for other things, but definitely. No, I think you're right. I think it is Jesse. That's a <laughs> stellar call out. Wow. Okay, I, so I've got it covered on the podcast. You would have I've to make a, whole... a compelling argument to, to convince me otherwise. You would have I've to. got a whole team avatar. That's beautiful. Uh, speaking of con- compelling arguments... Let's let's get to the uh, let's get down to brass tacks. Okay, um, you're you're telling me, Sean, you need to get your wife to go watch this show with you right now. This is where you should start. Okay, where do I go out this? She's outside right now. I'll go tell her. I will just say I think you're going to disagree with me based on how this has gone, but I am firmly saying Dragon Prince. Firmly, wow. and and I thought about this for like the last three days and. I'm flattered. You don't need to put that much effort into this. No, it's, no, because I and I've talked. I've talked about it with my 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 wife. Um, again, my wife is a little bit younger than me. Grew up watching ATLA with her with her sister. Grew up in that. She was a big Harry Potter fan. Grew up in that. Um, predicting things. Same thing. Did the same thing with ATLA. Predicting what's going to happen. Um, and that is where I'm going to challenge you and what you've said because I. And I will say, and I have continually been disappointed, particularly by anime. And also, I mentioned Game of Thrones earlier. And I'll also buy by stuff. Netflix. Let's yeah, not, yeah, let's by Netflix as well. Absolve and Netflix's sins here. The, I, I trust. The thing is, I trust Aaron's writing. And I if it too. weren't, if it weren't for, if Aaron weren't in charge, and I trust him, again, a lot more than. I trust the Game of Thrones showrunners. Um, but I have been disappointed repeatedly by anime that I was excited for within one season where there's stuff that I have staunchly defended and then been hugely disappointed when it went in a, a, a take. So I've, I've, I've set myself up for failure before. I may be doing it again, but... No question, I am ready to get hurt again. <laughs> I, yeah, that's, that's exactly... I'm like, I... I think that the I I miss being excited for watching something unfold. While I love binging, I do hate that feeling after and that's again every time my wife and I rewatch 
Dragon Prince or rewatch one of, or even when we rewatched ATLA and Korra, it's like you get to that end and you're like, oh, now what? And I mean, I know there's. I get very the, emotionally attached to to characters, um, it's, especially video games. I'm I'm the worst. I I'll straight up just get upset. Come come end game of like, I want to live in this character. <laughs> I want to keep going with you, and that's that's where. I like the idea of a living franchise right now because I do, and this is, I mean, you're a nostalgia lover. Um, and what? that's where, <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> so that's, I miss, while I love the ability to binge, I love that I am able to relive some of my childhood favorites. Um, I miss being invested in something and being able to watch it unfold real time and some of some, what i've had a lot of fun with with dragon prince is after each season predicting what's going to happen next and yeah you know what it's been a year and we're gonna probably be on two years before we actually get season four um i'm literally dying right now from uh insufficient dragons i i my only hope is that it will ramp up and happen as quickly as the first three seasons did because if they launch a new season every six months I that's great. You I know are now caught up with MHA, but you did not have the horrible experience of waiting for the most recent season of MHA to finally come out and then so you know that I don't uh, you probably heard I, I don't really do subs cuz I don't pay that close of attention. I'm always playing. I have two TVs in yeah. my room. That one's for TV, this one's for games. So I don't do subs. So when I got to that first episode that is still playing, but it was playing in subs and not dubs, I probably had it on for a solid 15 minutes before like, <laughs> what the hell is happening in this episode? Like, <laughs> I looked that, over and it's like... That's, I, um, I, think it, I, I think I got turned on to it right when season one was done. And then season two came out pretty quickly after that and then waiting so long. I think it's three seasons now, technically. I don't know. They're all different lengths, so it's hard to they remember. They are, and because I... Uh, you know what? It might even be for I, I, as, I, as far as Hulu numbers are concerned, but I don't even know what I've watched because of when it changes, you know, I don't know if it changes yeah, and that's, season three or whatever. I watched subs out of desperation because I waited so long to I see it. I and can't do it. I, 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 no, I agree. I agree. I, I also don't make me read words. Much, no, I am very much a dub only even. And I think you guys talked about this Sorry, a couple Neil. episodes ago. Yeah. Um, I, definitely prefer dubs because same argument that both you and Chris made wanting to see what's going on on screen. I don't want to be reading and missing things. If I'm watching animation or somebody, especially hand-drawn animation where somebody's taking the time to draw each one of these cells, each one of these frames, I want to actually see what's going on. I don't want to lose that and miss. It's a visual medium i don't want to miss that by reading especially because i'm a slow reader so Same. i i don't i don't want to miss out i prefer a dub and even if it's a mediocre dub i prefer that there are some with terrible dubs but whatever um that was a tangent uh my point being i it's a great tangent <laughs> no i i like watching i like being able to go again i mentioned i caught up with cora as it was, um, as season four was playing out, or yeah, as season four was playing out, and I was able to make predictions about the finale and then have that payoff of the things I was right about and the things that I was wrong about. And for me, Core is one of the 
Korra, Avatar, both are one of those shows where I'm like, the predictions that I was wrong about, I'm because you can do that with a binge. Yeah, you can predict, but what are you going to ruminate on for like five minutes before you click play next episode and it's three o'clock in the morning and you've watched all 22 whatever episodes in one night? That's fine, but it's not... There's you not don't as get much the water of... cooler talk that we would have between <laughs> season two and three uh, hey. about what was going to happen to those characters. And I, I do love that. I do. I love when, and that's why I, again, that's why I've peddled dragon prince to everyone that I know. Cause I've been like, I want people to talk to about this. And that's why I'm happy to be on this episode in, right now. In the moment. Time. Yeah. I want to, I mean, like, I want to be, I want what I had with Game of Thrones for, again, I keep mentioning Game of Thrones and I hate that I'm doing that, but I want what I had in the moment when it was at its peak before it was just like, oh, I think my predictions were better with this. And that's where I will say that of these three shows so far, I have, I personally have not felt like there was ever a time where I made a prediction, it was wrong, and I was upset about what they did instead because i even said with all three seeing oh what they did made a lot of sense to me it's not where i thought they were going with it but that makes a lot more sense not like experience that i've had with a lot of anime in particular lately um where i get got really hyped up for a series and then it gets to that latter third or whatever and i'm like are you serious because i wrote a better ending than this and i can think of several titles in particular um where i'm just like especially ones that i defended like again i have several experiences where i'm just like i defended that i told other people no it's gonna it's gonna be great it's gonna be great and it didn't so yeah i'll be the first to admit if dragon prince if they totally screw it up in the end then i will be the first to admit that i wasted my time and i'm angry but i don't see that happening with the with the trajectory that it's on and because of my faith in Aaron as a visionary. And I don't want to give all the credit to Aaron because I don't even know. I just don't know the other members of the team. Well, yeah, I know that's his, kind of his, his brainchild. So, yeah. I, and, um, I know, well, I won't even go on that topic, whatever. I'm not going to go on the topic of stuff that happens outside. I just think that, as a visionary and i think everyone that's been involved with it um just seems very passionate about making it a great thing and that's where um what we are guaranteed as of now and net less netflix does them real dirty um in july they did announce that there would be the whole um saga is what they're mm -hmm. calling it which is a total of seven seasons there are um, six sources of magic plus dark magic. So you get a season for each source of magic. Um, so really excited. Again, that's from like guaranteed we're going to meet the other kinds of elves. And I'm really excited about that. I'm particularly excited for the tide bound, which are the ocean elves. Um, they sound pretty cool. Um, but I, I, I'm going, I'm going too far on tangents. I know, but, um, other I'm reasons just glad you're enjoying you're invested and that's awesome. <laughs> no i'm sorry you're i know an, I'm, I'm no you're an long. engaged guest and i appreciate that i i knew I'm, i know i'm going i'm talking way too much so I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to make it concise more concise now um i think to me it's an advantage that if you're looking for like a weekend binge or something so maybe not the best example for your wife now that i know 
more of the framing reference of that's you guys want would prefer the long and finished works to do um, which i understand too because i like that um as well depending on what i'm looking for but i do i love that being actively involved and that's the biggest thing for me is um I'm excited to make those predictions and experience it. And I do think that now that they've been greenlit for the following four season for the remainder, um, I think there is potential that they get them out as quickly as they did the first three. That'd um, be great. If we had two a year, that would be astounding. And that's, I don't know if that's actually what happened with the first, I don't know if they were originally like, Hey, if season one does fine, you, I, I don't know. I don't know have, how have the production two in worked. the incubator, like ready to go. Yeah, that's kind of what it feels like. Because I know, like I said, they tried to they tried to finish off certain plot lines while leaving it open. So again, it been it. It doesn't have the problem that Cora had, where it was like you get one season, now you got to make more, and then you got to make more. <laughs> and I think that um, the the cliffhangers that you cliffhangers that you get with dragon prince lend itself to when we are able to look back at it down the road i hope that it'll feel like one big cohesive seven season story um i like the balance of heavy themes and lighthearted themes you have great adult characters you have great kid characters everyone feels convincing as what they are um the villains are great I love that I can see with all of the villains, I can see, and I'm talking about three in particular with Dragon Prince, um, and I'm not going to say, because I think it's a bit of a spoiler to say two of those, and to call them villains, I think it's a spoiler. Um, So I'm not going to say that. But I think that they me not knowing where they're going to go that's that and that is one thing we're like i can make predictions where i can go three different ways and they all make sense um and there's a certain subtlety and again it's it's what i like in Korra, where it's like these villains make sense like what they're saying what they're doing it may not be good and i may be able to see why yeah they're a bad guy but they're not wrong in their ideology. Like in, in a way, it's like their ideology is not necessarily wrong. It is wrong, but also they make sense. There's an underlying theme in there that you like, hey, maybe we should look into that a little harder. Yeah. And that's, they're not, again, it's it's one of those things where it's like, it kind of grounds it in heavy themes where it's like, you have these characters that you think are like the heroes of the story and then you start to learn their dirty secrets and you're like, oh, this one character in particular that you gets put on a pedestal is kind of this um, objective source of good and the, the right way of doing things. And then you start to see, oh, that character made some shady decisions <laughs> throughout this process they made sense. And then you have that foiled against the, I was still very disappointed in said character, but I get it. Yeah. And that's, I, again, I like that. I like, I like having these multidimensional characters where I'm like, I love a good villain I can root for. Um, and again, that's where I go back to my water bending and saying, I like the, I like that. It's mostly inherently good and it's healing, but it's got this really twisted dark side to it. And I think that's, that's me is that I'm like, "Eh, I think I'm mostly a good, 
I frequently make the joke that in like my group of closest friends, if we were like, it, there, there were three of us. And if one of us had to be the hero and the other was the, the bad guy who thought he was the bad guy, but it was actually the good guy all along the bad guy with the heart of gold that gets converted. And then the guy that's just the bad guy, I would be the bad guy and like the actual bad guy with the, like, I started out with a good idea and then I just got too upset and, you know, angry about things or whatever. So um, I see you've given this some thought. Oh, I've put given it a lot of thought. So that's again, I connect with dynamic villains and that's why I like it. So I'll shut up now and say I love all three. Um the I like the potential of where Dragon Prince can be going. I like the idea of joining an active fandom. If that's not something um your wife or any of the other people, hypothetical people that are going to take a recommendation. Um, is not something they're down for, then don't start with it. I say start with ATLA um, because you have a huge, robust franchise there. And again, I mentioned earlier, I think you should watch those two in order. But I like the idea of Dragon Prince because it's short, it's concise, it's ongoing. And if you like some of the, the story beats and the way things unfold, I think you'll also find aspects of that that you like in ATLA and Legend of Korra. So uh, your answer is the important one. It's the one that matters because that's why I brought you here <laughs> as an outside source. I know my wife a little bit better in ways that like aren't worth trying to describe in a podcast for a silly shtick. That's all this is, right? Just a, just a shtick to avoid answering like the best question or whatever. It's just a framing device. Uh, but I think in reality, my answer would be is that I'd start her with ATLA. Um, first of all, because I believe that there is actual merit in watching all three of them, including including the cousin, the distant relative, uh, in order. I think I think mm -hmm. even that watching it in order allows maybe some greater appreciation for it. Second yeah. of all, I think that con while the content of Lord Legend of Korra might on the surface seem like it appeals to her, I don't think that she, uh, you know, that appeals to me because it's like deeper tones in an animated show to her. I think that's going to feel like sort of a mismatched tone and style. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's going to be a, a thing for her as maybe not a huge animation fan. So I don't think that she would come away from Korra uh, being extremely delighted um, necessarily, even if she appreciated what it tried to do. The Dragon Prince is probably a much better match of like modern modern amenities and tone and style and things like that. Uh, but I do think there would be an element of A, she works in a funeral home with a lot of people who don't watch animation. She doesn't talk to that like she would be watching it with me and just talking about it with me, which would have some value. That's mm -hmm. probably it. And then B, like we burn through stuff so fast. It's constantly on in the background. Basically, any non-football night uh, is, is, uh, is TV, you know, regular television. And so it would just be over in an instant. So there's a lot of merit to starting with ATLA and just having this one overarching grand, uh, grand experience. But like I said, I also know my answer is cheating because obviously I know my wife a little bit differently and I'm ruining the shtick here. Uh, but the point is, yeah, honestly, A, you can't go wrong with any of the three. Mm -hmm. And B, that from the outside looking in, maybe there is some merit to uh, jumping in on the Dragon Prince even if from our perspective, it's probably a little selfish, but it's like, hey, let's create this active community and this, mm -hmm. this interest in it. Um, hopefully that interest and passion is rewarded uh, appropriately <laughs> um, and in and, and satisfying manner. 
so yeah, I appreciate you bringing that to the table. I don't know if it is the answer I hoped for or what answer. I didn't know what answer to expect. You know, I do. I would say I expected you to say Legend of Korra, um, just for kind of superficial reasons that we touched on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I think like I, where you took it. I think a year ago I may have, I would have. Um, yeah. That's, I don't know how to say it like nicely because it doesn't impact me, but I think there is. A, I think that that it might feel like a mismatch of style. Like she doesn't even uh, look at like your family, your animated comedies, your Family Guys, mm-hmm. your Futuramas, and of course I love those. I like animation even if it's not for the sake of the animation. I just like it because it's goofy and anything can happen or whatever. Uh, but she doesn't do that, so I'd worry that any kind of adult, uh, heavier adult tones and themes and animation yeah. might not like sit. It might not set as well in her, so the ATLA is like the build up and just getting in, getting yourself invested in mm-hmm. that world, and then graduating, so to speak, to LOK. Yeah, no, I, I think that answer. makes. I think that makes. That makes a lot of that. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, and. Um, it's like I said, I'm cheating no. though because I know her better. No. So I, like, I mean, I like your answer better in an objective way. Again, if for the whoever's listening to this, and I hope I haven't. Again, if I've I said think, anything, I feel like that, we've been extremely cautious and polite. <laughs> if I've said anything, one well, anything that Chris disagrees with, or because um, I know he has a lot of again, Chris I know only he has a disagrees lot of content, with actually. not being thoughtful, and I feel like we have been thoughtful. So okay, uh, okay, that's fair. I, I I'm intimidated because I know, again my gushing over Dragon Prince, and I know he has several like deep dive analysis videos of and of he, dragon prince so he just picks up everything i uh yeah. you know i know that sometimes it's rewatches or whatever but he just has an incredible eye for uh for certain details that i would have to watch it five times and be have it pointed out to me before yeah. i ever notice so something yeah. i really appreciate about working with him is he doesn't miss that stuff but yeah. um hey we've been talking for an incredibly long time we and, have i'm uh, sorry <laughs> i i don't need you to be sorry i'm extremely grateful and i think this has been very thorough uh, we took filler episode, which is essentially what this is. This is a filler episode for our show. Uh, we took that to the extreme, and I dig it. But no, it's very thought-provoking, and it's something that uh, I like that we kind of danced around the, the bigger question but still got to talk about all the components therein. That was meaningful, and that made it a lot of fun. So thank you for investing so much time and energy in it. I really appreciate it and for coming on and co-hosting this with me. Yeah, thank thank you for asking me. I had a great time as well absolutely okay well uh, and for those of you who uh, actually listen to this whole thing you're you're a trooper and we would love to hear your thoughts and opinions even if it uh, evolves into the simple best conversation hey that's a lot of fun to have too uh, just not on somebody else's uh, successful youtube channels that's all <laughs> not on somebody else's channel or in their dime so let us know your thoughts down in the comments and in the meantime, we are Avatar The Last Podcasters. That's last underscore, uh, last underscore podcasters on Instagram and Twitter or Facebook.com slash last underscore podcasters, I think. And we would appreciate you letting us know how you feel about the show and this episode and, and uh, all the support you can offer. Thank you guys very much. Tyler, thank you very much. We will talk to you all soon. Thank you.